people divine their secret sauces of the problems based from their competition. Have you seen these new banks? They're coffee shops. They're not the traditional come in, stand in line, walk up to the counter. These people are creating banks where you come in, have a cup of coffee, do your finances, network, and oh yeah, the teller's there if you need them, but they want people to have that community. So it's really great to see even how traditional things have been done. If you just switch it a little bit to what we're now at in our markets. Hello, and thank you for joining the Made to Inspire podcast. This is the podcast for dreamers, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to go to that next level in your life with Kimberly Smith Austin and Misty Kerrigan. Each week, we will bring you tips, tools, and tactics that will inspire you to take action. Hey, 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 it's Kimberly Smith Austin, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Made to Inspire podcast. I am here today with my awesome and amazing co-host, Misty Kerrigan. Hey, Misty. Hey, Kimberly. How are you doing today? I am super fantastic, ready for another amazing week. What about you? This week is going to be phenomenal. One, we are learning and implementing so much from the podcast from last week. And we're excited because we're going to bring you some specific things that even telling on ourselves, we're like, oh, we need to reinstate this. This is very important. And we need to be doing it. And when we don't, we see a lack of growth. So I love that during the podcast, we get to help others, but also learn ourselves. Yes, there is power there. And you know, Misty, as you were saying that, one of the things that I talk about all the time is getting back to the basics. And when you think about any aspect of life, it's the basics that create the foundation, but it's also the basics that bring you back to seeing success. And today's show is all about setting up your business for success. We asked the question last week, is your business set up for success? And this week, we want to give you some tools to make sure that it is. So Misty, let's kick this show off. You ready? I am ready. So I was, and I want everyone to do this at home. I was reading a book and it said, take out a piece of paper, write the word owner. Under the word owner, write the word CEO. Under the word CEO, write the word marketing, finances, production, directors, boom, boom, boom. And then there was even more you write under those of the, what you're doing. And then he said, put in the functions and write who does those functions. And if you're an entrepreneur, you just created an org chart with your name in at least seven different spots. If you're a sole entrepreneur, and unfortunately, as we talked about last week, is we get bogged down in the, in the productions part and we lose sight of the owner part. And then we, what we do is we create a very expensive employment opportunity for our own selves. <laughs> and the quote that people have been resonating with, uh, I heard, uh, Someone say is entrepreneur will work 120 hours a week, not to work 40. That's it. <laughs> and I think it boils down to the fact that we want freedom. And I know for many, and, and that's interesting because one of the, the quizzes that we have that we're getting ready to roll out eventually soon is really helping you determine what is the reason why you want to be an entrepreneur. And I know for one, for me, it was freedom. And so I said freedom, but then, like you said, Misty, I created all of this work for myself to do. Because when I launched, 
it was a solo opportunity. It was a solo business. And I was A, B, C, D, E, F, G, every department there was. And so today we want to help you make the shift. Think about, yes, those things need to be done. Those department roles and functions need to be fulfilled, but do they have to be fulfilled by you? Now, mm-hmm. if you're just starting off and you're just beginning, there's a strong possibility that they will until you're able to create the income and leverage, master your money and come to that place where you can bring other people into position. So today we want to talk about how to set that business up for success. And some of them are going to be quite simple and many will be basic because remember the basic sets the foundation. So Misty, let's kick it off. What's the first thing that we want to give them today? So one of the first things that I learned that's most important is that owner mindset. And I love how you said, I'm going to steal yours. It was um, think like an investor. So you um, own the company. It's your company, whether you're an entrepreneur or you have a one to two employees, we're talking small businesses, but what does it mean to take ownership of something? And what does it mean um, that you are responsible for it? And not in a heavy sort of way, but what I love is the, no one is going to be more passionate about your business than you. No one's going to be more passionate about the growth of it or where it could go or where it's going and the vision. It's your baby, if you will. A lot of business owners I talk to feel like it's their their second or third or fourth child. It's a child and it goes through some of the same stages. So one of the things that really helped me was realizing that I was treating my business like a mistress where I'd see it every once in a while, but I wasn't committed to it. And then I'd be mad it wasn't doing the things that I needed it to do. But really switching that if I'm the business owner, where am I prioritizing my business time as the owner? That's good. I love that. And, you know, as an owner, that's super important. The other thing I think about, and this is something I learned in church, you know, when people talk about what is the value of something, what is the value of something? The thing I remember hearing is only the owner can create the value because here's the truth. Someone else can't define you or value you. The owner can. And so you're the owner of your business. And as a result of that, you decide what that business looks like. You decide what it's worth is based on what efforts, time, energy you're going to put into it. And I know that's a simple concept, but it really is true. When you turn on and say your business can be as much or as little as you desire. And we talked about last week how oftentimes we are the bottleneck. Because we have either perfectionist mindset or we are doing too many things at too many things at once. We are hitting our in our own way. And if we want to see success, we've got to step aside and really focus on the things that matter. The one thing, the one thing and press forward with that in mind. I love that. What is something that as you we're creating your own businesses that when you're first doing it to help others strategically create theirs is that you took with you when you left corporate and instilled in your companies. Well, I think it's important that even if you're starting off as an individual, you have to create, and I'm going to use the generic terms, mission, visions, values, because when you do that, you have something that not only you start believing in and start working towards, but when you bring on employees or staffs or contractors, you're now able to say, this is who we are. 
This is what we believe. This is how we function. Because truth be told, it's hard to move forward without that. I was just training a lady last week and talking to her about bringing on an assistant. And I say training, I was coaching. And in that process, I said, listen, to become a person that trains someone else, you have to get organized. (laughs) Believe it or not, it is process. You have to get organized to be able to pass work off. If it's all, you know, crappy and showing up all over places, you're not going to be effective at delegating and giving that work off to someone else. So that's a part of the process. And as an owner, that's what you have to do. Get organized. Who are you? Who do you serve? How much is your product and service? And then you can go off and share it with your staff and the world. So what I'm hearing is you can't be the main thing in it because what happens if you can't work in it or something happens to you is if you're organized, you're going to be able to set off functions. Even if you're the one doing the functions at a certain level, then you can turn those functions over. Yeah. And I, I like to even think of the function as the foundation. So I use the word, it's the foundation of the business because every business has a foundation. There's a tagline, there's a, you know, mission, theme, vision, all those different things. When you have that and you know how your departments are functioning, you're able to give work out. And I find that is the biggest uh, battle when people come back and they're ineffective in their job or there's some ambiguity or they don't know it's because the job wasn't clearly defined and it wasn't organized to be delegated or passed off and then they become overwhelmed and become the bottleneck yes (laughs) yes yes so when you think about that misty i want to go to the second point that we have which is make it as simple as possible and when i say that want you to think about the process of the process of the process So standard operating procedures, SOP. When you make something simple and you create a SOP, standard operating procedure for yourself, for the assistant, for the man who's coming to deliver your water, whomever could look at it and know exactly what to do. That's the simplicity of it. And that's what I call the foundational thing that you put in place. When you don't have the system, you don't have the organization, you don't have an SOP, it it ends with you. It's in your brain. And I've had many assistants over the years tell me, Kimberly, I need it out of your brain and onto paper. I need it out of your brain and onto paper, which is why I'm really adamant about dropping stuff in Trillo or dropping stuff in Asana, dropping it somewhere in paper so that when we go back, it's not just in here. Because guess what? This brain of mine, it forgets. I love, I want to mention that too, as we started, we spent more time trying to remember where we put something or remember what we said than we did. We, we barely had enough time to set meetings and create. And then the half of that time is trying to find what the heck we're working on. So if you're already creating your systems, even if it's just for yourself of where information goes or how you're doing it, when you're ready, it's going to be so much easier to pass those on because there are set functions to them than to then not do it because now you're overwhelmed with all the work you're going to have to do to even create the systems. So right from the get-go, even if you're just an employee of one or a business owner of one and you're doing everything is how do you do it and getting those into systems. And and systems means if I wake up every morning and check my Trillo, which is a great site to have your list to do, then you have everything you need. The, what, what you're working on is, is together. So 
that way you're not spending. And I think there's research that shows you spend hours a week looking for something. How many of us could use at least two to three more hours a week on the money things of the business of the creating things of the business and not two or three hours of work, trying to find that email, trying to find that uh, document, trying to find that thing that you were creating. So that's a great point is right. Even if you're wanting to create a system. That's it. And I think, you know, everyone could take that to heart. And I think there are, there's a population of people that extremely organize, organize the see people, you know, who know exactly where everything is, you know, and unfortunately for my brain, I know where it is, but I, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's in the left-hand corner on the top left dresser. But if I had written a SOP or process for my staff, they too would know and wouldn't have to tap me on the shoulder for the answer. So we have to know that about ourselves and start making the slight shifts so that we can put ourselves in a position as an owner, as an owner. Mm. Do you know, another hard lesson I had to learn was when I was creating the things and doing the things, I was creating them for me, not so much the customer. Oh, I like this color or I like that. And one of the things that we even coach now on is what is your customer like? What is your customer need? What is your customer looking for? What's your customer's problem? You as the creator can't design it for you because you're not your customer, you're the creator. Now, if you're your best customer, that's another strategic thing you can look at. But a lot of times, it turns out we're not, that we need to be creating things for those in the market that we're solving the problem for. That's it. Which goes to the point of really having identified who your customer is and what that market is. You know, there's today they talk about having a customer avatar or ideal mm. client avatar or knowing that customer so that when you sit down to create, to build, whatever that is, you know what that profile looks like. The psychographics, the demographics, all those things, you've aligned them. So now you can better serve that client. And it's not, as Misty said, referring back to you as the creator. And I think that's where we really, really set the foundation. Who is my client? What do they want? And how do I provide that for them? Whether it's a product or a service, you want to know that and you want to know it well. Well, I have another great idea when we're doing a client and we're doing our market is also who else is out there is doing what we're doing, knowing what other people are doing in your industry. And, and I hate the word competition. I get it though. I, I prefer the word collaboration, but sometimes it is a, a competition of your, what your competition's doing, but you should know what they're doing so well so that when you're able to do um, a sales on yourself is where you're filling in those gaps. Like, yes, the competition does this and they're great. However, this is where I separate myself and you can't separate yourself if you don't know what the others in your industry are doing and doing well. I love that, Misty. And I'll tell you why, because two things come out of my head. Competition is real, right? There's somebody down the street doing what you do. Now, the question is, are they doing it better? Are they offering it at a better price? And, mm -hmm. and those things matter. But here's what I believe. I believe it's important as an owner, as an individual to have an abundance mindset. And when mm -hmm. you have an abundance mindset, you recognize, yes, there are a million gazillion people, 7 billion people in the United States. And guess what? All 7 billion aren't going to company A. They need a company B and a company C and a company D that has the same product, but maybe a different spin on it. 
And when you look at the world with this abundance mindset, you know that what is for you will attract to you. You're going to put the spin. You're going to say the words. You're going to be the person that that organization needs. And that's why they're going to choose you over company C. And I love that because there is competition. But when you get really savvy, you're going to make your competition your partner. You're going to collaborate them, collaborate with them so that you both win. Because Nike, Adidas, Saucony, all these brands out here, they're all footwear. That's what it boils down to. But there's preferences. There's Hmm. preferences. So by knowing your ideal customer profile, demographics, psychographics, all these different things, you can then better define how you're going to serve them and how you're going to differentiate yourself in today's market. It's all the same. That's a foundational piece that we have to include. I love that. I want to add to that is the the consistency of, there's no secret that everyone knows McDonald's isn't that great for you, but I've never drove by one that didn't have a line and it's still one of the top franchises still in every corner of the world and they're still opening them is because you know what you're going to get. It's their consistency that people appreciate. So your branding and your secret sauce is how do people leave with that, with how they know you. So do they leave? I know for us, we love when we do trainings because people are like, I feel like I could run a marathon. I'm so excited. There's so much energy. Well, yeah, that's one of the things we bring when you leave any of our events or our coaching or anything is you're going to get that energy and you're going to get that. What am I doing next? What are you going to get that action? And you're going to get that um, confidence and belief. But those things are specifically into what it is we do, our secret sauce, if you will. So you got to have that secret sauce of what it is. And if you even look at it now, people divine their secret sauces of the problems based from their competition. Have you seen these new banks? They're coffee shops. They're not the traditional come in, stand in line, walk up to the counter. These people are creating banks where you come in, have a cup of coffee, do your finances, network. And oh yeah, the teller's there if you need them, but they want people to have that community. So it's really great to see even how traditional things have been done. If you just switch it a little bit, to what we're now at in our markets or where your markets are at, you just need a little 2%, 3% difference that is going to drive that customer toward you if you have that fully identified of what they're struggling with in the other companies. It's brilliant. It is. And I'll tell you, the, market, the marketplace is ever evolving, mm. ever evolving. And so, and I, and this is not one of our main points, but I want you to think about that. Be ever evolving. You know, we have to know that things are constantly changing. And in order for us to be successful, we have to be changing with the marketplace. Now, I'm not saying that traditional methodologies don't work because they do. Some companies are still in place today because they're doing things the old way. But as long as they're doing it the old way, hopefully they're implementing some of the newer practices. Technology came into our world and changed our world. And today, and we saw this, companies that were brick and mortar then became click and order. And because now the world moved from going to the store, walking into the door to now let me order online. That's why Amazon is one of the largest companies in the world. And if you are a company that want to sustain and maintain your business and maintain growth over the years, you have to be ever evolving. Because if you don't, you're going to die. And I remember being in business school back in the 90s and really learning those principles 
that companies that evolve, they grow and they continue to change. They continue to evolve and they continue to grow. Maybe not at a 70% growth rate. Maybe it's 1% a year or 3% a year. But you really have to think about what is my marketplace doing? And in order for you to do that, you have to spend time learning. You have to spend time continually sharpening your saw, right, Misty? Continue sharpening that saw so you know what's going on in your industry and in the marketplace overall. That's mm. going to change the game for you. Foundational. Which brings me to the next point, which is focus your planning around outcomes. Outcomes. What do you hope to have as your outcome, as your bottom line, whether it's a number of customers, whether it's a volume in sales, whether it's so many, if you're a nonprofit organization, so many beds in the, so many bodies in the bed, whatever that is for you, that's how you plan. Because when you plan, you're going to succeed. And I'm, I'm going to use the expression, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So we want to plan on the outcomes. What are you hoping to encounter as an organization? And, you know, I, and I do that, what I call that reverse engineering. We sit and we sit down with you and we say, okay, where do you want to be three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. And then we go backwards and build on that. What does that outcome look like for you? And then what are the tactics that you have to put in place to ensure your success? Now, Missy, I know you're, you're bubbling over. What can you add to that? One of the main things that most small businesses and entrepreneurs don't have, there, there's no lack of passion we've seen in this world. There's no lack of vision, but there's a lack of planning. There's a lack of, let me see your market plan. Let me see your social media plan. Let me see your business plan. Let me see your, your key indicators. Let me see your numbers from last month. Those are the first few questions we asked when we're sitting down with them. And a lot of times it's, they're popping it off from their head. Sometimes we don't like to look at the things that are scary, right? I don't want to know my numbers because then I know my numbers. But the crazy part is when you know what you're going to do, it's so much easier just to do it and then follow up. Is that working? But when you're creating a plan, you're not usually creating it out of emotion. When you're running a company, unfortunately, you emotionally run it if you don't have a strategic plan. That's why the strategic plan is there to keep the emotions out of it. Because we go up and down in emotions almost daily. Some people hourly, even owners, definitely employees, but we really have to look at having those plans are created in a creative space so that you could implement them even if you don't feel like it because it was written in a strategic way, not an emotional way. Absolutely. And as much as we know, whether you're male, female, emotions is a big part of it. And, and that's what keeps us on what I call the roller coaster right? You're on a roller coaster because today you're up, tomorrow you're down. But when you're building businesses, it can't be based on emotions. It has to be on hardcore facts. Yes, your emotions are involved because you're passionate. You have a purpose and you're moving forward with it. But if you allow that to drive you, you're going to fail. And we know failing is a good thing. And we learn lessons in that process. But we want to have, again, that abundance mindset. We want to have the investor mindset. And, uh, and when you're investing in something, you're going into it because of the facts. You've seen the scorecard of the stock. You've seen the scorecard. You've seen <laughs> the numbers. And the numbers have proven beneficial, which is why you made that decision. And that's what we want to use when we're building out these businesses looking at what is it, the practical side of this. 
And that's why it's so important to plan around your outcomes and not your emotions. Mm, I love that. You know, there's a lot of information today. (laughs) There's a lot of information. There's a thousand million books. There's a thousand million websites, thousand million podcasts. There's so much always inundated coming at people and usually coming at the most busy people that you, that you are, right? You barely have time to do things you need to do. And now you need to educate. Where can we start? You think there's some, some simple things that you can be doing to at least start that momentum without feeling overwhelmed and that you have to do a thousand things at once. Cause newsflash, you're not, you're not going to be able to do a thousand things at once, but you need to be doing vital things right yes. away. Absolutely. And so we'll let that, let's just jump into our action steps, if you will. Let's give them three action steps that they can take today to really create success, that real success. And the first one is plan your, I call it the CNC day, create and conquer day, create and conquer day. And when you think about that, what are the things you have to do? And, you know, and it starts with number one, kind of recreating your vision, reconnecting with your vision and recognizing what you're hoping to accomplish. Spend a little time doing that. And when you're doing that, you want to say, okay, here's what I want to accomplish. And you then identify what are those key things you need to do in order to make that happen. Usually, and I think you guys have heard me say this Friday, that's my day. It's my create day. Now I try to incorporate maybe an hour throughout the week. But Friday is dedicated three, four, five hours where I'm going uninterrupted time, no cell phone, no distractions, and just trying to go hard. Every now and then I let people in <laughs> every now and then, but I, it, again, that's part of my protected time. And during that, you want to create a plan for yourself. Ask yourself, what do you need to execute at a high level? What are your performance breakdowns? looking at those types of things and giving yourself a roadmap. You know, if it's, you need to do task one, two, three, four, and five, list them out and tackle them, tackle them just like you were in the Super Bowl trying to finish up and win that Super Bowl trophy, tackle those bad boys so that you can end with the wind. I love that even on your, your Friday, your create time, when you're sitting in the owner's box, working on the thing that the owner, the vision, the numbers, where, where the business is headed, what the business needs to shift with some of the new variables coming in. It's even your phone says, do not, it's on, do not disturb sort of thing. So that people know trying to get a hold of you is like, okay, you're probably driving, but you're not, you're really in that non-negotiable time. The, the probably most important time of the week for the business owner is that strategic planning and getting the information you need to make those plans more solid. The other thing I've noticed for me is Sundays. No one bothers me on Sunday. Everyone's off doing the things that they want to do on Sunday. And then I love this one and I don't practice it, but I've heard no one bothers you from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Oh, true. So true. So there's times you so can put true. in your week where you don't have to worry about telling people these are non-negotiable times because looking at your week, there's times that your um, customers or your suppliers, even your employees are off or not really focused on you. So if you have a traditional Monday through Friday business hours, there's times around that where you can already schedule it in so that you're not getting those interruptions. Unfortunately for us as owners, sometimes, even though we're not taking the calls, we're still checking our phone, which is still a distraction. So it really is that non-destructible where I'm not getting anything. In fact, when you're looking at your phone because you haven't been distracted in so long, you know you're doing 
a great, that's a great time of week. If you're looking at your phone, be like, no one's called me. That's weird. Because that's the time where you're um, a dead time in the sense we could have non-negotiable time. So taking that time to be the owner, writing that plan, number two seems simplistic, but it's probably one of the hardest things to do is actually work the plan. We'll write it and then we'll be in a different emotion in a few days and we'll be like, well, I'm just going to try it this way. And we don't sometimes even give our plans a chance. And I know as a, um, Kim was probably smiling inside because as a professional trainer in um, one of the roles she does, when she writes a fitness plan based on food and working out and knows that if it's followed, it's going to work. And then she sits down with someone not getting results. And the first thing is, did you look at the plan? Oh, well, I thought, and well, this, it was my birthday or, you know, it was cold this morning. It's, it's always a deviation from what was created. So if the thing is created to best align you with success, the worst thing you could do is not follow the steps and tasks to get you that success and then get pissed off when you're not reaching that success, when you haven't even looked at the things you wrote down to take and do. So number two is important is do the things in the plan. It. You know, and, and if I just add one thing, because you said doing the work, if you didn't write it down, you can't see it. And I said this to Misty when we were prepping for the show, out of sight, out of mind. This is so true, especially for me. I love technology. I love this little digital phone. But let me say this. Sometimes it doesn't work for me because I'd have to be on the phone, opening up an app to see the thing that I need to do. And that happens, that creates distractions because now social media and alerts and all these things are coming up. And before you know it, you're on Instagram or LinkedIn looking for a job that you don't need anymore. <laughs> so it's a hot mess. And I really, really want to encourage you guys. Looking at your million dollar home. <laughs> right, I encourage you guys. And I am totally, I love technology. I use it at every opportunity that I can, but I'm learning and I've learned this a long time ago when I write it down and I can visually look at it without having to open up and go in all these places, I'm going to get it done. Mm. I'm going to get it done. So that's part of working your plan, figuring out what is that sweet spot for you, that non-negotiable approach to getting it done. I just reiterated what you said, Misty, but I had to emphasize the importance of writing it down, which brings me to the last one. Once you've written it down, you've done the work. Guess what? It's time to reward yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, celebrate. we are bad at not celebrating. We get that task. We nail it. We get that contract and we move on to the next contract without stopping and celebrate. Even if it's a five minute dance break, come on, Misty. Five minute dance break. Come on, dance with me. Boom, 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 boom. We're dancing right now. You've got to recognize that because here's the truth. When you see success, it becomes addictive, which is why you keep working. I get it. But success is also the process of celebrating. So you have to celebrate the, hey, I just did that. And think about it. When you have created, you planned your create and conquer day, you put those tasks on paper, you start working that plan and you start seeing win after win after win, small little wins, knowing today that you put two hours into your funnel, knowing that you put two hours into your automation, knowing that you put an hour, 10 minutes into some other system that allowed you to have more freedom to stop working 
in your business to working on your business. That's worth celebrating, friends. It's worth celebrating. And we want you to celebrate. Mm. We celebrate. We love celebrating. <laughs> We're always dancing. If you haven't seen, we love that because that's part of the process. And we want you to train your brain or better yet, not train your brain, retrain your brain. And we get guilty of that sometimes as well. And I'll say, Misty, stop. Let's dance, right? Just for a little bit so that we can get back to the basics. So we hope that these three things that we've just given you, but not just three, we gave you a whole plethora of things within the show today, but these three action steps. Number one, plan your create and conquer day. That's your dedicated time. Your's your strategy day. Three, four, five hours, whatever your schedule will allow, plan it out, do the work and celebrate friends. You deserve it. You did the steps. You created the foundation and you're working it. So with that, Misty, anything else to add? Just it's overwhelming. If you just implement these three steps, the other ones can start to fall into place. That's it. If you do anything, start here. That's it. Get a couple hours a week where you're working in on your business, do the things that you set yourself up to do, and then high five yourself, find a way to reward yourself for following the plan that you set into motion. I think we should get little, um, I think we'll do this, Misty. Let's create a Canva template that says working on the, do not disturb working on the business. I think we should, let's do that. Let's put it in the show notes, give them a template that they can download and they can actually use in their business. Maybe you put it on your screensaver. Maybe you put it on your phone, put it on your desk, your wall, your office, your door. Let people know that you're not just working in the business. You're not just making things happen, but you're working on the business, creating that vision so that you can create a business that will last a lifetime. Mm. Friends, we thank you again for joining us for today's show. Be sure to check out the show notes. But like we say, every single week, there is something out there waiting for you. Now go get it. Thank you for listening to the Made to Inspire podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and have picked up some tips, tools, and tactics that will help you move into action. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are made the number two, the letter N, Spire You. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. We're out there. But best of all, we ask that you leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how you're going to use the information that we're sharing week after week to help you take your inspiration into action. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.